On this episode of Locked On Grizzlies, we are talking an unlikely victory for Memphis in Miami against the Heat, led by an unlikely source, or maybe he should be likely at this point. We're also going to talk about disabled player exceptions, whether or not the Memphis Grizzlies should even use those at this point of the season, and who could be possibilities with John Morant's finally coming through. And we're also going to break down some trade rumors, or at least some trade ideas from ESPN's Bobby Marks. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Grizzlies. Let's lock in. You are Locked On Grizzlies, your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Locked On Grizzlies, wherever you are, however you're checking out the podcast. I am so happy that you are with me. It is I, Joe Mullinax, flying solo on this show, the Michael Cole, my co-host of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. He's the Memphis Grizzlies beat writer for that publication. He's doing beat writer things. He is not able to be with us, but I am with you, and we are going to have fun on a Thursday edition of the show that, again, Whenever the Grizzlies win, things seem a little bit lighter. It's a little bit easier to get out of bed in the morning. You're driving to work. You're doing a workout on the treadmill or at the gym. You're listening to Locked On Grizzlies as you do it. Smile. Enjoy the day. Things are a little bit sweeter after a Memphis victory. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Prize Picks. It is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. Go to prizepickscom slash LockedOnNBA and use the code all lowercase LockedOnNBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, we here at Locked On Grizzlies are proud members of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team each and every day, free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube as well. Thank you to everybody that has subscribed over on the YouTube channel. We are less than 30 subscribers away from our current goal of 3,000 by the end of January. I know we can do it. Continue to spread the good news, the good word that is Locked On Grizzlies. Tell your friends, tell your family, subscribe, hit that subscribe button, and let Michael and I be a part of your daily NBA and Memphis Grizzlies content. So again, wherever you get podcasts on YouTube, make us a part of what you're doing in terms of following the NBA and the Memphis Grizzlies. Hit that subscribe button and whether you're an everydayer already or whether you're somebody checking us out for the first time because someone gave us a recommendation, we appreciate you being here. Hopefully you'll stick around every time an episode drops on Locked on Grizzlies. You know what got dropped in Miami on Wednesday night? The heat. The heat got dropped. And you heard DeMichael Cole on the Wednesday edition of the show. I'm so scared of Scary Terry. He was talking about his shot creation and how fantastic he is. I don't know why I went with Sven from uh, from Frozen there with my voice. Uh, that's a shout out for the, the parents who listen to the podcast. If you're not a Frozen aficionado, you got that reference. Uh, if you are a Frozen aficionado, I should say. But anyway, I digress. The Miami Heat got dropped. Scary Terry in his debut, and he'll improve, of course. It was his first game playing off the bench. Was not extremely efficient scoring the basketball. Jaron Jackson Jr., for the Memphis Grizzlies, was also not terribly efficient scoring the basketball. Five of 21 from the field, only 15 points. Five turnovers to three assists. One for seven from beyond the arc. It was easily a bad night for Jaron Jackson Jr. You know who it wasn't a bad night for? Vince Williams Jr. 
Vince Williams Jr. on a night where he shared the floor with Jaron, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo. Vince Williams Jr. was the best basketball player on the floor. 25 points on 10 shots. Five for six from beyond the arc. Eight for 10 total. Five rebounds, four assists, only one turnover. If Jimmy Butler had put up that kind of stat line, you'd be singing his praises, talking about what kind of a star he is and how he finished that game and how he competed. That was a stat line from a guy that was on a two-way contract when this season began that barely got minutes even when this team wasn't healthy to start the season at times when the season started. What a wonderful example of development and grit and tenacity on the part of Vince Williams Jr. He's earned that contract, that extension that he signed, and then some. And he is somebody who, again, as we talked about before here on Locked on Grizzlies, when you talk about the core of this team, you've got your big three of Jaron, Desmond Bain, and John Morant. I think Vince Williams Jr. is fourth. Not necessarily in terms of being better than Marcus Smart, but in terms of being a guy that if you want Vince Williams Jr., it's going to have to come with a pretty hefty price in a trade. I think he's here to stay. And he might be the guy if they decide to move on from Marcus Smart, which, by the way, I don't think they will. If they decide to make Marcus Smart a reserve, which in theory they could do, and maybe that's a topic for a future episode of Lockdown Grizzlies, it's not what I would do. But if you want to move Marcus Smart to the bench and you have Vince Williams Jr. as a starter, I get it. Again, I wouldn't necessarily do it, but I get it. Because he brings a tenacity defensively, he brings effort, he has length, he can score the basketball, especially from three, but he's even showing growth as a creator off the dribble. He's doing things as a creator of offense for others. The way that the ball is moved in this current iteration of the Grizzlies is very impressive. DeMichael's talked about that. He's talked about how this team is winning and how they're developing a culture and how they're finding a way within this reality to establish an identity. And that's fun to watch. I posted on X, when you have such low expectations, which is totally understandable, there was no Luke Kennard, no Santi Aldama, Morant's out, Adams, Clark, Bain. They had six or seven players that are normally in their rotation that would be in their rotation when this team is trying to compete for the top two seeds in the Western Conference. Those guys were out. And yet, you still, 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 still have a Grizzlies roster that was capable of competing with the Miami Heat, a group that talks about how powerful and palpable or palpable their culture is. Grizzlies culture looked pretty darn impressive on Wednesday night. Their culture of development, their culture of next man up, their culture of execution of scheme. And it wasn't just Williams Jr. by himself. Gigi Jackson. Had a heck of a game. Another efficient scoring night for him. The guy's 19 years old. He should be in college right now. And yet there he is in an NBA game being a meaningful contributor, the leader in single game plus minus for the Grizzlies. Memphis outscored the Heat by 20 when Gigi Jackson was on the floor. They outscored the Heat by 12 when Scottie Pippen Jr. was on the floor. This dude wasn't even on the team 10 days ago. Even less than that. And yet he comes in and scores at the, and around the rim, as DeMichael told us he would when we talked about the G League player becoming a two-way contract guy for the Grizzlies. Six assists, six rebounds, only two turnovers. 
you've got two dudes on two-way contracts who should be spending more time with the Memphis Hustle than they are with the Memphis Grizzlies, helping the Grizzlies win a game against an Eastern Conference playoff contender. You've got John Conchar posting double-doubles. We'll talk more about Conchar later. Apparently, the Boston Celtics would be smart to give up a first-round pick for John Conchar. I don't see it, but apparently Bobby Marks of ESPN does. Talk more about that. But double-double for Johnny Conchar. He shot the basketball. Good job. That's a neat thing when you shoot the ball like that, John. David Roddy had a slow start to the first half. I don't think he scored in the first half. In the second half, 10 points, four assists, three rebounds, two steals, a block. Jacob Gilliard contributed. Wasn't the best game for him, but he still did some things like seven assists to two turnovers. He helped win the winning effort. Even Zaire Williams, who's become much maligned, right? Zaire doesn't score a single point. He goes 0 for 8 from the field in 17 minutes of play, 0 for 4 from 3. Doesn't score. But in that same amount of run, he gets six rebounds, grabs a steal, grabs an assist, only has one turnover, and he has a plus six. So the Grizzlies won the minutes that Zaire was on the floor. So while you want Zaire Williams to make shots, even in a game where he doesn't have it offensively, and that happens far too often, he helped in other ways, even in a minute fashion to help get the Grizzlies across the finish line. So Vince Williams Jr. was the best player on the floor. Jaron Jackson Jr. struggled offensively, but his teammates around him picked him up, and they weren't the teammates around him that you thought he would have when the season began. That's extremely impressive. And it also leads into what we're going to talk about next, because the Memphis Grizzlies got approved for a $12.4 million uh, disabled player exception for John Morant. They already have one for Steven Adams, around $6 million. So they have two DPEs that they could theoretically use. Will they use them? Should they use them? We'll talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, this episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Grammarly. We're big fans of Grammarly here at Locked On Grizzlies. When it comes to writing, Grammarly is there to support you from start to finish. For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology you can trust to help you across all the places where you write the most. When you're stuck with writing at work, Grammarly can help you get started with ideas, outlines, and even tips. Maybe you need to polish your writing. They can help you paraphrase, rewrite, give a more concise response instantly. You type the text where you want to rewrite, and you give Grammarly a prompt. Getting through emails quicker, summarizing your emails, cleaning up your inbox. They can do all sorts of things for you. If you have a big presentation, a report due to a boss, put Grammarly to work for you. Start being more productive at work. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download for free today. That is G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com slash podcast. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is also brought to you by Prize Picks. We love Prize Picks here at Locked On Grizzlies. Big fans. We love how they have the specials league, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports. Maybe you want to go Vince Williams Jr. and Travis Kelsey with the conference championships coming up. 10.5 combo of three-pointers made in receptions. You can do that with prize picks. And they also offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play, even if one of your players gets injured. If you're a player who exits the game in the first half or doesn't return or and doesn't return for the second, that player is rebooted. Prize picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match. Up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NBA. Use the code locked on NBA for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports 
made easy. I mentioned a moment ago those DPEs, the disabled player exceptions. The Grizzlies have two of them now. They got one from the Stephen Adams injury, about $6.3 million. And this is from Bobby Marks, who we'll talk more about later in the show as well. Uh, the Stephen Adams season-ending injury, they got a $6.3 million DPE for that. And then they also got one for John ja Morant. This happened again on Wednesday, $12.4 million. So the Grizzlies now have two of those that they can use, which means that they can acquire a player that is on an expiring contract and slide him into those DPEs regardless of salary cap. So it's for a guy that has a season-ending injury, you lose time. It's a way to help that team stay afloat, add a player on their roster if they're over the cap. The Grizzlies can make a trade, bring in somebody, that sort of thing. Who are some guys that potentially could be brought in? Again, we're talking expiring deals. Who could be in that mix? Players like Nikola Batum, right? Uh, a P.J. Tucker, Taylor Horton Tucker, and I'm just reading names uh, here from Spotrack. Um our old friend Grayson Allen. I don't think the Suns are going to move on from him, but he would fit into these DPEs. Uh, somebody like Kyle Anderson, another old friend of ours. If, and those are all within the Morant DPE. If you want to talk about guys that could potentially work in the Steven Adams one and Otto Porter Jr., Danilo Gallinari, again, theoretically speaking, if they hadn't been traded recently. Uh, you've got a guy like a Jay Sean Tate, uh, technically a club option that may not work as cleanly. Torian Prince from the Lakers. These are the types of guys that are on expiring deals that in theory could slide into one of those roster spots. But here's my question, and maybe you can interact with me in the comments on this and tell me how you feel. And this is going to sound really weird to say. I'm not sure the Grizzlies should use either one of them. I don't think they should use the 12.4. I don't think, should, I don't think they should use the 6.3. They did the right thing acquiring those. I want to stress that. You want to have that in your back pocket in case something happens, in case a trade comes along that you are interested in for a guy that maybe you'd want to resign, potentially. However you use that, whether it's in a trade, signing someone with a free agency deal, whatever the case might be, especially trade, I'm not sure the Grizzlies should do it. And here's why. Because of what happened on Wednesday night. They have guys on the roster currently that are worth investing in. And they're there legitimately. Nobody is on a 10-day contract, right? Scotty Pippen Jr. is on a two-way deal. G.G. Jackson on a two-way deal. We talked about Vince Williams Jr. now being a full-time member of the roster. He just signed a new contract that's going to keep him in Memphis for the next few years. The three best players for the Grizzlies, while maybe they eventually have to make their way to South Haven and you have to figure things out from a roster spot perspective, they're already part of the plans, at least through this season. If you go out and you acquire an Alec Burks from the Detroit Pistons, for example, you give them a couple second-round picks for their trouble, Burks comes in. Okay, cool. You just added a veteran piece that's going to potentially take minutes away from one of those guys that I just mentioned. Now, if they take minutes away from David Roddy, Zaire Williams, not going to be as upset. And maybe that is the compromise. Maybe a trade involving those types of players could be in the mix. And we'll talk more about that as we close the show here in a little bit. But I found it interesting with these DPEs, the amount of money, how Memphis could use that in terms of acquiring other talent. If the Grizzlies were trying to make the playoffs, 
And if they keep winning this way, I mean, they've won three of their last five. They're not exactly on the pace that they need to be to make up play in ground, but they're not as far off as you think. They are not as far off as you think. The current NBA standings, the Grizzlies in terms of where they are in the play-in picture, they're only four and a half games out behind the Jazz. They're closer now than they were when Ja got hurt. So while it's still a fairly lofty task because of the reality of their injury spot that they're in, it's not outrageous to still talk about this, at least in terms of mathematic possibility. In terms of roster possibility, maybe I'm a little crazy. I think it sounds a little crazy, to be honest with you. I'm not worried about making the play-in anymore, which is another reason why I don't care about these DPEs as much. They're useful tools, potentially, and if the right deal comes along, you use them. But I don't want to do anything that takes G.G. Jackson minutes at the NBA level away, aside from his own two-way contract and not being able to convert him in another way. I don't want to do anything that takes away from seeing if Vince Williams Jr. could truly be a top eight rotation guy, which means a playoff rotation guy, when this Grizzlies team is trying to be good next season. It's possible. Because when this Grizzlies roster is healthy, they're pretty impressive, including Gigi Jackson and Vince Williams Jr. But Vince, even with everyone healthy, could be a top eight guy in that rotation, given how he's playing right now. Given how he's playing right now. I want to see if that's fair. I want to see if that's true. We still need a bigger sample size. Got lots of evidence that's building, but the sample is still small. One of these disabled player exceptions come in. If you use that guy and actually play them, it could inhibit that side. And I want to give Taylor Jenkins a little bit of credit. Maybe he looks at the Zaire Williams minutes and goes, yeah, I would like those 17 minutes per game to be filled by someone else. Right? Luke Kennard should be back eventually. You would assume Kennard would eat some of that time. Eat some of Scotty Pippen Jr.'s time. He played well in this game, but again, relatively new. So I think they have the pieces in place, as weird as it is to say. I think that they've developed enough talent, right? David Roddy is inconsistent. He's probably not a long-term answer in, in an NBA rotation. He's still young, though, still young in NBA experience. And that's a guy that you can keep around and continue to develop and see what he does in the opportunity he has right now. You'd say the same for Zaire. I think I'm done watching Zaire play. But would you really, maybe Zaire's not the best example. I would rather watch David Roddy play and see what they have in him as a guy that they drafted than them bringing in like a Thaddeus Young and saying, all right, you're going to eat those four minutes, Roddy hit the bench. I don't know that that is a good use of the time that they have and the silver lining in the dark cloud that is being able to explore development possibilities before they take a leap into contender them, which is what they should do when healthy. It's that in-between year, that skip year that Golden State had a few years ago. How can Memphis utilize that and put themselves in the best position to be a championship team next season? I think you evaluate the guys you got, and as long as you're not bringing in guys with those DPEs that could potentially inhibit that, sure, you explore it. But the game in Miami suggests that the dudes that they currently have can compete. Maybe we need to keep letting them get that run. Just my opinion. Let me know what you think there in the comments. When we come back here on Lockdown Grizzlies, we are going to talk 
Trade season, one of my favorite times of year, NBA trade ideas from Bobby Marks of ESPN. Whether or not I would do them, maybe you can hit me up and let me know whether or not you do them. I have a feeling you do at least one of them. I know I would. I will talk about that next here on Locked On Grizzlies. But first, I want to shout out Locked On Sports Today. Here for you 24-7, the first ever national sports streaming channel on YouTube that runs 24-7, covering the top sports stories of the day. With the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league, go to Locked On Sports Today on YouTube. Subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. This episode of Locked On Grizzlies is brought to you by Hungry Root. I got to tell you, I'm trying to eat healthier this year. I don't know about you, but I know that I am. And I know that Hungry Root can help rescue me from short-lived resolutions, making meal planning easy and nutritious. Build healthy habits that won't disappear by February with Hungry Root. A big fan, a big fan of not just good food, but also saving money. All right, customers can save money on groceries versus the store, as well as eating out less. You can reduce food waste, up to 30% of food waste each week. And there's so much that Hungry Root can do for you beyond your weekly grocery haul with thousands of easy recipes that actually put your groceries to good use before they get forgotten in the back of your fridge. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Locked On NBA Grizzlies listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash Locked On, get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash Locked On. Don't forget to use our link so they know that we sent you. When we come back here on Locked On Grizzlies, we're talking trades that we might see if Bobby Marks gets his way and maybe if I get my way. Stick with us here on Locked On Grizzlies. Welcome back to Locked On Grizzlies. We're closing out this episode of the show. It is I, Joe Mullinax, your host for this Thursday edition of the podcast. No to Michael Cole, the commercial appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. This time around, he's off doing Grizzlies beat writer things. Hopefully you'll excuse him. I know I most certainly do. He'll be back on our next episode. I'm with you here. We've been having a good time today, right? Am I am I am I making that up? I feel like we got a vibe going here, right? You and me. We got this hitting up. We are talking Vince Williams Jr. and how well Gigi Jackson and Scottie Pippen Jr. have been playing. How that led to a Miami Heat win. And it might also lead to the Grizzlies saying, you know what? We have these disabled player exceptions. We were right to apply for them after the John Morant and Steven Adams injuries. Maybe we don't need them. Maybe we got the guys that we want to see develop right here, right now in-house. It'll be interesting to see how that plays out in the days and weeks to come. But Bobby Marks of ESPN also posted his trade uh, deadline primer, right? Talking about the Western Conference, the Eastern Conference, where these teams stand, trades that he would like to see made. And the Memphis Grizzlies get mentioned a few different times by Bobby Marks. They get mentioned by Cleveland or with Cleveland. They get mentioned with Denver and they get mentioned with Boston. And the two players that the trade ideas center around are John Conchar and Xavier Tillman. Now, I'm going to rate them in order of preference for me, if that makes sense. I'm going to start at the bottom and work my way up, Drake style. My The one I think is the worst is Tillman to the Denver Nuggets for a 2026 second round pick. Tillman's probably not long for this Grizzlies life, and it's nice to get something for him. But at the same time, I feel like you can find greater use of that resource. Teams are going to want to have someone like X that can defend bigs like a Jokic. And I'm not saying X can stop Jokic. No one can stop Jokic. But if you look at the numbers, 
Tillman does as well as any big in the NBA trying to slow down the Embiid's and the Jokic's of the world. So I think we can do better than one second round pick. That leads me to the second trade idea. Tillman to Cleveland for Damian Jones in two seconds. I like this for two reasons. One, it brings in a player, right? Someone to eat minutes. Again, if you don't want that guy to take minutes away from others already on the roster, it's Damian Jones. That's fine. He's a serviceable NBA player for what Memphis is trying to do to close out the season, you would imagine. And again, two second round picks. The Grizzlies have done a pretty good job with those second round picks, right? Gigi Jackson, Vince Williams Jr., two great examples of that. So I would love an additional second rounder. And again, Damian Jones helps just in terms of having a body on the roster through the rest of the season, at least. Number one by far is the idea floated by Bobby Marks, John Conchar to the Boston Celtics for a top 20 protected first round pick in the upcoming NBA draft. What? Now, the logic from Bobby Marks is that that controlled salary of Conchar, the fact that it's roughly $18 million over the next few years, the fact that he is somebody that you know you're going to get elite rebounding. Again, he had a double-double against the Heat. He's a solid team defender. You know what you're getting with Conchar. He's a solid end-of-rotation guy. He holds value in that way. The Celtics don't need a late 20 or late 2024 first-round pick. The Grizzlies could use that more than the Celtics. Yeah, they most certainly could. I'll agree with that logic. But I just don't see Boston giving up a first-round pick that could, you know, likely 30th or 29th. But the 30th pick in the 2020 NBA draft was Desmond Bain. Doesn't mean that they're all going to be Desmond Bain. There's only one Desmond Bain. But you get my drift. Later in the draft, the Grizzlies are able to scout pretty effectively. They have a track record of finding those diamonds in the rough. If I were the Grizzlies, I would use the original one, right, from all the way in 2019, John Conchar. And I would move him out for that first-round pick with great expeditious speed. I would happily help John Conchar pack. I would fly to Memphis, Tennessee, and I would ask John if he needed help with his delegates, with his furniture. I, at this old advanced age that I'm at, would 100% happily support not even getting movers. I will be the guy that helps him move and fully embrace that reality. A first-round pick? A first-round pick for John Conchar? That seems like a lot. I'm interested. I would happily do it. And maybe Boston would too. Maybe they prefer a cost-controlled veteran over a cost-controlled rookie at this point. The Grizzlies? would be wise to take that deal, at least in my opinion. So there you have it. Let me know what you think. Are, are you cool with trading anybody at this point? Do you want to see this group see this thing through and then revisit these conversations in the offseason? Because, again, Xavier Tillman defended well in Miami. He was a key piece of the heat struggling at times in the front court. John Conchar had a strong performance. And if you've been around Lockdown Grizzlies long enough, you know, I am no John Conchar apologist. But he looked good at times against the Heat. When he shoots the basketball, we know he can rebound. He was not an offensive liability in this game by any stretch. So maybe you hold on to these guys and see what they can do over the span of the next several months, and you reevaluate and revisit in the offseason. What say you? 
I would do the John Conchar trade immediately. I would do the Cleveland trade with Xavier Tillman, bringing in Damian Jones in those two seconds. Now I've got three additional draft picks. I've got another guy that can eat minutes in a season that I'm probably not making the play in or playoffs anyway. And I'm in a position to use those resources either in the draft itself or I can package all of that together in a future deal. Maybe you don't need a wing anymore if you trust in GG and Vince pretty effectively. Maybe you want another big if you're worried about injury. Maybe you're concerned it, that Derrick Rose can't be the guy and you need a backup guard. There's possibilities out there within those types of resources. It just increases your flexibility. So I would do those two trades. I'm ready to move on from Conchar. I don't know that X makes sense here long-term, assuming that Adams and Clark stay, Santi Aldama staying potentially. That's what I would do. I would do those two deals. What about you? How do you feel about that? Let me know in the comments below. Thank you so much for being with me on this episode of Lockdown Grizzlies. It is much appreciated. Again, always more fun after a win. The Grizzlies play on Friday against the Orlando Magic. That'll be the next time that we are together. And I look forward to previewing that game again with my good friend, the Michael Cole of the Commercial Appeal there in Memphis, Tennessee. Maybe we can get his takeaways on this trade idea from Bobby Marks. Maybe he has some names in terms of disabled player exceptions that the Grizzlies could potentially get in on. There's possibilities, to say the least. And I also think... It's going to be really fun to see what the Memphis Grizzlies do against a young and hungry Orlando Magic team. It should be a fun game. The Grizzlies are back at home after a bit of a road trip. All sorts of cool stuff going into the weekend, and I look forward to discussing it with you on our next edition of Lockdown Grizzlies. Make sure you're liking, commenting, rating, reviewing, subscribing, wherever you get your podcasts. Check us out on YouTube again. Please, please, please. Continue to help us get over that 3,000 mark. Thank you to everybody that already is subscribed on YouTube. Get us through the finish line on that by the end of the month. The Michael would appreciate it, and I most certainly would as well. We're proud members of Locked On Podcast Network, your team, each and every day. We're going to continue to put out the best content we can. We're going to continue to grow the show. Hopefully, whether you're an everyday or already checking us out for the first time or somewhere in between, you're going to be a part of that process moving forward with us here on Locked On Grizzlies. Thank you, thank you, thank you a thousand times. I'll catch you on our Friday episode. Until then, stay locked in wherever you get your podcasts. We're free and available. Hopefully, you'll be with us on Friday. Until then, I'm Joe Molinax. Stay locked in. This is Locked.